Welcome to Broad Street South, Behind the Podcast, Episode 2. We have a great show for you tonight. We have the co-host Angel Martinez and Mike Fuji Fiordamondo. My name is Mike the Juru Sherman, the sports contributor. And we have a special guest tonight, Ryan Neff, who will be on the show as well. So strap in. Get ready to listen to us for a while. Enjoy some Eagles talk, Phillies talk, potential Flyers and Sixers talk as well. This is Broad Street South Behind the Podcast, Episode 2. Let's ring it in. Ooh, I'm liking the bell sound for sure. And, and I think if I remember correctly, Sherman, and I, and I could be wrong, but uh, aren't we – I'm almost certain we're going to get a hold of uh, Arnold and, and see if he can come on. I, I know he made a brief uh, stop the last time around. So I believe we're going to see if Arnold Schwarzenegger is available tonight. Yes. So we have Ryan Neff, who's coming on the show, who the last time he was on our podcast earlier in the season, he did a fantastic Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. If you have never seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, you might have thought it was actually him. So we're going to bring him on momentarily. Uh, Angel, let's talk to you first. Uh, what did you have for dinner tonight? Let, let, let's get away from sports for a few moments. What do you have for dinner tonight? Anything well, exciting? Now, this is now. See, this is where Vito is going to get a kick out of it because I already know he's going to say something. But no, my so I, I've been down uh, further south. <laughs> he's already laughing. <laughs> Listen, you start laughing, you're going to get me going. So, but no, uh, we we're down south. Uh, Earlier this week, uh, Saturday, we went down to Fort Myers. I just came back tonight to obviously be with the gang here. Um, so mom, Vito, cooked uh, – she made this um, real uh, good set of chicken with the air fryer on – what? Today's Tuesday. Sunday. Sunday night. Sunday or yesterday, one or two. But anyways, and then she, she knows I love my white rice. And add the beans, and that's where Vito here is going to start his giggling. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's what she, she ended up making that, and then with uh, with vegetables, and then she decided. Matter of fact, then she decided to throw pasta in the mix as well. So we it was a uh, God, it was a mixture of rice, some good Spanish beans with with her, her absolutely fine sauce. Yeah, I see you give me the number one there. Um, some <laughs> pasta meatballs and vegetables. I don't think we had anything sweet though. So that, that was pretty much my five course meal uh within the mm. last 24 hours or so well that definitely sounds like a fascinating meal and the slogan that we'll have for you for behind the podcast episode two is angel angel he's the man if he can't do it no one can so glad that you are <laughs> on the show tonight because without you this isn't happening because you're the one who's sending out the stream yard link to all of us to make this happen so thank you for making the trip for three hours so that you could be with us on this rainy Tuesday night in the Philadelphia area. The weather's gotten a little bit raw. Um, so even though the viewers and the listeners can't hear me at this point, to my left, even though I'm pointing this way and it looks to the right, is the other co-host of the show, Mike Fuji Fiordamondo. Welcome to the show behind the podcast episode two. And Mike, I will ask you the same question that I just asked the angel. What did you have for dinner tonight? We're going to get into sports in a little bit, but what do you have for dinner tonight? Well, tonight my mother-in-law made her and I some uh, and some yolky, some salad with and some bread. So I did have pasta tonight, which is which I don't have that often. There'll be some comments. No, that's fine. Very I mean. healthy meal. Now I'll tell you the story of 
Barb and I, because we ended up having different things for dinner tonight. I can't see what that says. Oh, I see what that says now. <laughs> Shocker. There you go. Um, so tonight, Barb and I, Barb and I, we did our food shopping at um, at a store, and I'm not going to plug any particular company at this point. But we went to a store, and What's afterwards, it me? It, well, I didn't buy you anything yet, but you know, you might right. have something uh, by the weekend. We shall see. And Correct. and afterwards, after we loaded the packages in the car, Barb wanted to get a meal from one place, and I wanted to get a meal from another place. So she went into the one place and got her meal. I went into the other place and got another meal. And the food that I got, and Mike Fuji will love this, I got hot dogs and fries. And how this, <laughs> and, and yeah, there's there's where you should say, shocker, right? Um, yeah, shocker. How, how this place did not have sauerkraut is absolutely beyond me but that was my dinner for tonight so for everybody listening i hope that all of you had a fantastic dinner as well and we're about to get into some amazing sports talk with our guest ryan neff arnold schwarzenegger so ryan neff welcome to the show behind the podcast episode two how are you doing tonight gentlemen it's great to see the three of you again i'm doing fantastic mike that is fantastic to hear. Let me ask the following question because I already asked Angel and I asked Mike. What did you have for dinner tonight? I had a six-inch tuna wawa hoagie. Six-inch tuna wawa hoagie. Okay, very good. Personally, I am not a fan of tuna. Growing up, all I ate was hot dogs and peanut butter. That's like... All I ate. So I'm a very <laughs> picky did. eater. So that's true. That's it, true. No, it's 100 true. It's why I'm saying. I know. It. I'm so, vouching for it. So the Would point that like? I'm making here, before we start getting into the sports talk, is that all four of us have bellies that are full, and we are ready to go with this show. Where are we so, going? Where are we go? And I guess we should start off with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Who? Oh. Yeah, who? The Philadelphia oh. Eagles, right? Because they have oh. the number. Who? Yeah, the <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, right? And they have the number six pick in the draft at this point, and free agency has started, and there's lots of movement in the National Football League at this point. And I almost kind of feel like we have been invited to the carnival, mm-hmm. but we have no money to buy any cotton candy or soft pretzels or water rices, and we have no tickets to ride any of the rides. What in the world is going on? And Fuji, I'm going to start with you. What's going on with this free agency? What do you think the Eagles need to do? Well, the Eagles just got under the cap. I think as of like an hour or two ago, according to Les Bowen and Dave Zingaro, I think Les Bowen tweeted out something like, now we can throw the parade that Howie finally got under the damn salary cap. No, it's just there's no money. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, Howard Eskin did make a call about, you know, be careful what you wish for after winning the Super Bowl because, you know, we made the deal with the devil to sign all these contracts. So what Howie had to do was backpedal and re-up, restructure Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, um, anybody else want to name Brandon, Brandon Brooks? It definitely seems like Howie has done a lot of restructuring of contracts at this point. Um, 
Who would you like to see the Eagles bring in as that top-notch free agent at this point? Well, there's this Ram safety that they were talking about projecting John Johnson, but um, I mean, they definitely need a veteran quarterback. I mean, Andy Dalton signed with the Bears earlier for $10 million. Tyrod Taylor went to Houston for about 12 and a half. So, like, all these quarterbacks are going off the board. Fitzmagic went to Washington. Um, to where? DCU. Fitzmagic Fitz went to, to DCU. With his long beard. Yeah. And, uh, now – I mean, it's – I mean, we need a receiver. Kenny Dolliday is probably the sexiest name out there. I mean – Corey Davis went to the Jets. Martin Jones went to Detroit. Marquis Goodwin opted out and went back to the Niners. So, and within the hour, the Eagles got a seventh round pick. Like, where's the third round pick that we gave up for the guy last year since he opted out for COVID? So, this team has like all rookie receivers now. There is no Marquis Goodwin. So, he's out of the equation. And it definitely seems like a sinking ship at this point. And Angel, I'm going to get to you in a minute. I want to talk to our guest, Ryan Neff, because he's been on the show before. He's followed our Broad Street South show for a while. So Ryan is not a fan of the Eagles first. He has allegiance with another team in the National Football League. So, Ryan, sometimes Angel, Mike, and I look with those uh, – rose-colored glasses, right? We we see things in a certain way, but you may see things a little bit more objectively. Can you talk to us about what you think the Eagles should do and how much of an issue it is that the Eagles have not gotten involved with getting Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, the bottom line is they screwed themselves when they signed Carson Wentz to that contract. Flat out, you know, and it's it's like Fuji was saying: be careful what you wish for, and it's 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 coming to fruition. Look, the bottom line is again: they don't have any money to go after anybody. That's why you're not seeing them splash into free agency. You want to talk about Kenny Galladay? Like I thought, if they would have had the money, I thought Hunter Henry to replace Ertz. Would have been a great pickup, but they just – they don't have the money to do anything. Now, they have 11 picks, so they're going to have to go to the draft this year. And really what they're going to have to do, to be quite honest, they're going to have to choke on it for this upcoming year. They, they don't have they don't have a choice but to choke on it. Get through next year and then, you know, try and retool for 2022 because as – you know, as far as an outsider looking in, this year they are screwed. They're screwed big time. Just like you know, the Bears and the Lions right now, everybody's like, the rats are leaving. They're they're all leaving the. Sh- the Bears are going to stink next year. The Lions are going to stink next year. They're going to have to go through the process of well of just trying to rebuild, and that's what the Eagles are going to have to do. Because when you when you don't have the money to make a splash in free agency. You know, that that's probably why they're stockpiling up as many picks as they can, and they do have 11. So it'll be interesting to see, like Fuji said, if they don't take a receiver at number six, they're idiots. Flat out. I, I, know, you, I know you're talking offensive line, Mike, 
But it's just like today, I saw, again, a bunch of offensive linemen get signed in free agency, but the Eagles can't do anything. They can't make that splash the way some of the other teams can right now. They just can't do it. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And I want to throw this over to Angel because in a previous show, Angel, we talked about, well, first of all, I've been talking about get offensive line, get offensive line, get offensive line. But yeah. then I believe it was on last week's show where we started to ultimately shift a little bit and talk about the possibility of whether it would be beneficial or not for the Philadelphia Eagles to take that number six pick and trade down. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you think the Eagles should do. Should they stay at six and go for the best player available? Should they go at six and go offensive line, wide receiver? Or do you think that there would be merit in the Eagles trading down just to stockpile more picks? I think if, if you look at it, right, so we, if we stay at number six, you're looking at – which it seems like Howie wants to draft another quarterback. Now, you have Nate Sudfeld and Jalen Hurts. Again, if they decide not to trade Jalen Hurts, because we talked about this beforehand as well, the conversation that was made with Jalen, now knowing that Jeffrey Lurie apparently has a love fest, as Jerry Jones does with Zeke Elliott, um, apparently it's one of those things that if Jalen doesn't get traded, which I don't see the Eagles doing so, but let's say hypothetically he is a starting quarterback for the Eagles this year, then you're looking at, picking up another quarterback at number six. Now, do I believe we should get another quarterback? No. Are we going to need another quarterback? Yes, because we only have Nate Sudfeld. There's no third stringer, and obviously there's not one on a practice squad. So you're going to have to get somebody. Now, I wouldn't pick it at number six. I would trade down still and stockpile our picks, see what's left over in the latter rounds, or and if someone from maybe, I don't know, a backup QB from another team, and you got 31 other ones to choose from, to see if someone gets let go, even if it's a third-string quarterback. Let's just say, you know, he may have had some production, but he wasn't able to play. I don't know. Maybe you can get him either A, at the cheap, which we already know you'd have to get him basically from the dollar store because we don't even have dollar general money. So you'd have to get him from the dollar store. So either you're getting yourself, I believe, stockpile picks and or if you can, same thing, draft down. And then it isn't Eric Fisher, which I know would be a hard stretch to get because obviously KC let him go. But from I haven't heard a report yet that Eric Fisher has been picked up, correct? Not yet. As far as I know, he's not been picked up yet. Okay, so let's just say you get him at league minimum contract this year. We're going to need help on the left side. So could it be, I don't know, something – it's not really a splash per se – but you're also going dirt cheap for the most part for Eric Fisher. And if it works out, maybe you get him again next year for what, maybe, I don't know, five mil at that, because at least there'll be a little more wiggle room. Or again, I, I which I'm, I'm with you, Sherman. I don't, I'm not feeling number six pick. I think we must go ahead and continue to stockpile because then either later on, and we, we've seen what in the last two seasons or last three, you know, drafts that, the latter rounds of the draft is where all your hidden gems have been. It used to be in the first round, but now the first round, you don't get them as much anymore. Now you're looking at rounds three, four, and five, where you're starting to get some of these guys that are just, I mean, hidden away that nobody wanted to take a chance on. So me personally, I would trade down. I wouldn't take another quarterback at number six and, and just gamble and see what's going to end up happening. Because, again, if you just came under the salary cap, as Fuji was talking about less than an hour ago, you don't have much wiggle room to play with. So – do what Belichick has done. I mean, granted, you know, New England has also made some splash today as well. 
but he's been able to great, you know, create superstars for the most part for the last five years out of the draft without, you know, putting big names other than this year. I think I, they, two of them, if I remember correctly, that they just grabbed from free agency, and that's the most that he's done in a while. So why not gamble and wait and see in the latter part of the rounds from the draft? Fuji, can you respond to this? And I want you to respond because of the fact that you have been the biggest proponent on this show that whatever Howie Roseman does is always the wrong thing. And here we are a month and a couple weeks before the draft. The Eagles are sitting at number six. There's movement going on in the rest of the NFC least. And here's the Eagles pretty much doing nothing at this point because, as Ryan correctly said, the Eagles have no money to do anything. So I'd like to hear what your opinions are. Respond to us in terms of what you think the Eagles should do at number six. Do they get Kyle Pitts? Do they get that stud receiver? Do you want them to trade down? Talk to us and let us know how you feel about it. I mean, I would go after Kyle Pitts because if you're Zach Ertz is going to go, I mean, why not replace him with – and plus, you know, the rumor is Kyle Pitts can play wide receiver. Like, they say he's incredible in the slot. I mean, you got – him and Goddard, I think, would be a nice 12-man personnel. And, you know, just, I mean, something's got to be done here. I mean, actually, the wide receiver, I wouldn't mind seeing them sign is Curtis Samuel from the Carolina Panthers. Because, I mean, he's had some yeah. pretty good years. And if they could get him at a one-year deal or something, I think that would be – a half-decent upgrade at the wide receiver position. The thing is, as far as getting back to the draft, I don't know if uh, Jamar Chase will even be there. I mean, I I see him possibly going to Miami. Well, let's do, some, let's do something fun for a minute, right? Because the Eagles aren't buried too far down in the draft. The, the Eagles are at the number six pick. So why don't we just play this? Is a mock draft real quick and see how it goes. And I'll start and we'll just go around and we'll see who's available at six. So I'm going to take the easiest of the easy picks. Number one pick in the draft is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're going to take Trevor Lawrence at number one quarterback. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Let's assume, let's assume that there's not going to be any trades for the sake of this conversation. So, Ryan, I will give you the number two pick. So, the number two pick goes to the New York Jets. If Trevor Lawrence is off the board, we're just doing a mock draft here. We're not experts. We're just four dudes talking sports tonight, right? Ryan, if you're the New York Jets, who are you going with at number two? Oh, boy. This is where it gets kind of difficult because you don't know what's going to happen with Darnold. Um Mm. Well, as of, tonight, as of tonight, March 16th, Darnold has not been traded yet. And depending on what social media sites you go to, I'm sure that there's all sorts of theories on who might be coming to the Jets. But as of right now, Darnold has not been traded. If Sam Darnold is not traded and the Jets have the number two pick for our mini mock draft that we're having tonight, we're only going to six. Who do you who, who are the Jets taking at two? I mean, to be quite honest with you, they need receivers because their receiving core stinks. Um, I would go the kid from Alabama. Devontae Smith? Okay. I would think, yep. All right, so now we have Trevor Lawrence, one off the board, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have Devontae Smith 
going to the Jets at number two. Angel, you're sitting at number three. The team is the Miami Dolphins. Trevor Lawrence and Devontae Smith are gone. We're doing a mock draft here. We're just having a little fun with it just to see who the Eagles are going to get at six. So who are the uh, – it just eluded me real quick. Who are the Miami Dolphins taking at three if Lawrence and Smith are off the board? Uh, if they're off the board, who would they take at number three? I would think they would – wouldn't they – oh, boy. So you got Tua as your your starting quarterback from what it seems like right now. So you would think maybe they would snag Justin Fields off the board at at this point because you got Tua. Well, they just didn't Miami just sign uh, Tyrod Taylor today? Did they sign Tyrod? No, Houston. No, Houston, Houston did. did Miami sign a backup quarterback today? None. They did not no. at this point. No. Okay, so you want to go Justin Fields? At I would I would think so. I think they would they would trade around and try and get Justin Fields. Okay. And we're just having a mock draft here. We're having some fun with it. You know, hopefully the people who end up listening to our show, feel free to agree. Feel free to disagree. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitch. We have our shows (laughs) live Thursday nights at 730. Angel, do you want to chime in with something? Yeah, so I wanted to say, and and thanks for for mentioning everything. Of course, you know, Facebook that we're on as well. But on, because sure, it's, Obviously, they 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 have belief that Tua can get the job done right. If we're going to stick with the Dolphins here momentarily, mm-hmm. but right now, and I, I'm I'm almost certain they really don't have themselves a solid backup quarterback because Tua was it if Fitzpatrick would end up staying there. So I don't see. I don't know. That's tough. That's a, good, a great question, but it's tough because you got to figure. So let's just say, God forbid, Tua gets hurt again. You're going to need someone strong backing up, you know, Tua, or even if you, let's just say hypothetically to pick up Justin Fields and he doesn't do anything for the 21 campaign, but they're sitting on a good name in case they need to make trade bait, I would think for later on. So I don't know. That's, I'm liking the mock question. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see. And before we get to the number four pick, I would be remiss if Broad Street South did not take some time to mention our sponsor, Bands of Philly. Uh, once the COVID pandemic is over and the stadiums are opening back up for Eagles trips, Sixers trips, Flyers trips, Phillies trips, we would highly encourage you to utilize the services of fans and Phillies, the fans of Philly. Follow them on Facebook. They do a great job with vacations and bringing um, different events together for sporting events, whether it be the Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, or Sixers. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you actually take a trip with fans of Philly when you went to Green Bay? Or is that something that you did on your own? No, I went through fans of Philly and it was did a phenomenal job, Joe and his crew. You know, everything was great. Stayed in Chicago three days, went took a charter bus to Green Bay. Hell of a time. So we speak. Mike Fuji speaks from personal experience using fans of Philly. Please consider using them if you're going to take a road trip. The Philadelphia Eagles are playing in Las Vegas next year, so you never know what's going to happen out there. So, Mike, you are now on the clock. Trevor Lawrence is gone. Devontae Smith is gone. Justin Fields is gone. And the number four pick is to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that was 4-12 and last year. 
a little bit worse than the Eagles, which is why they're in a position that they're picking ahead of the Eagles. What's Atlanta looking to do with that number four pick if Lawrence, Devonta Smith, and Justin Fields are all off the board? Mm, I would go Zach Wilson because Matt Ryan's getting older. I say this might be his last year with the Atlanta Falcons. So you got a quarterback, you got a brand new head coach in Arthur Smith that may want to develop Zach Wilson for the future. And, you know, that'll be the new, what it was to Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, you know, new head coach, quarterback. So I say Zach Wilson. All right. Fair enough. So here we are up to the number five pick just to review with the people who are listening right now. And thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Trevor Lawrence at one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Devonta Smith, number two to the New York Jets. Justin Fields, number three to the Miami Dolphins. And number four, Zach Wilson going to the Atlanta Falcons. So. In an effort to be fair about this, all four of us have had an opportunity to get one pick. Doesn't matter if we're right. Doesn't matter if we're wrong. And I'm so glad that it's shaped out this way because now it goes to number five. And I would like to get into a discussion of this. I have to think at number five, the pick is going to the Cincinnati Bengals. And I have to think at this point that the pick is either going to be Penai Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon, to give the protection that Joe Burrow needs. Yeah. Joe Burrow got injured last year, and with a decimated offensive line, Panay would definitely help that team. Or Cincinnati at five could go with the LSU connection of Jamar Chase, where Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase played together at LSU. Now, if you ask me, technically it's my pick at five, but we're going to discuss this. It's four dudes talking sports tonight. If it's me, it has to be Panay has to be Panayasu. You have to give protection to your quarterback in Joe Burrow. But I want to throw this to the three of you. At five, would you go Sewell? Would you go Jamar Chase? Or would you go with that Kyle Pitts? And try not to be Eagle-centric here. Try to be realistic with the Bengals. And this time, I'm going to go Fuji, then Angel, then Ryan. So, Fuji, number five, Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. Are they going Panayasu? Or are they going Jamar Chase or are they going Kyle Pitts? I would go with the lineman because you got to protect your quarterback. And Pat Isol is supposed to be a cornerstone tackle for X amount of years to come. Fair enough. That's two votes for Sewell right now. We're four dudes talking sports tonight, Broad Street South. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Have a good time. Share us out. You're going to love us. Angel, what do you think? Number five, are you going Sewell? Are you going Jamar Chase with the LSU connection? Or are you going Kyle Pitts? I think I would go with the LSU connection because even though I hear what you guys are saying as far as offensive linemen, but understand, too, that he doesn't really have a splashy, speedy wide receiver. So I would think he would have made the connection with LSU. You figure, I mean, he, he would – those two can get together during the offseason, you know, whatever little offseason we're going to have here. But you figure if you know, they pick him on draft night, that gives him time to build up that chemistry in between. So I understand he needs – one guy is not going to do it for you as far as your O-line. I get it for as far as your protection. But I, I, I don't know. I'm thinking you would make the LSU connection. And to me, it would make more sense, at least I believe. And to kind of go back here just momentarily for fans of Philly.com, and thank you again, uh, Sherman, for bringing them up. I do believe 
and I could be wrong, but I do believe in our last episode, there may be a road trip with uh, maybe some of us, maybe putting a show out there in uh, in Vegas land, possibly. You never, you never know. You never know. But if it's going to happen, we will definitely, we will definitely reach out to fans of Philly, especially with them being a sponsor of our show at this point. So, Ryan, we have two votes for Sewell, the offensive lineman. We have one vote for Jamar Chase. Cincinnati Bengals are sitting at number five. It looks like the pick would either be Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase, or maybe Kyle Pitts. Who are you going with at number five if you're the Cincinnati Bengals? I think if they don't take Sewell, and I don't know why I'm thinking this, just because they're in sort of in the same situation, if they don't take Sewell, don't be too surprised if they trade out of that pick. Ooh, okay. Interesting point. Fair enough. I know that we had talked about no trades happening one through six. Uh, no, no, no. I would, I would take, I would take. They, they need protection to protect Burrow because they do not want Burrow getting hurt like that ever again. Okay, so we, right. so we have three votes for Sewell. Angel, as great of a point as you brought up about the LSU chemistry, it looks like on this mock draft tonight you were outvoted three to one. It's just the way the cookies crumbled. So we're going to say that Panay Sewell goes to the Cincinnati Bengals at five. And now we get to number six, our Philadelphia Eagles. And what a discussion for this mock draft. It seems like the two front runners at this point would either be Kyle Pitts, the super tight end from the University of Florida, or it would be Jamar Chase, the stud wide receiver from LSU. And Fuji, the diehard Eagle fan who wears the Brian Dawkins tattoo on his right arm, <laughs> tell us if you're at number six and you have the opportunity to take Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts, who are you going with at number six? Wow. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> as, as much as I hope it will be Kyle Pitts, I can't pass on Jamar Chase. All right, so we got one vote for Jamar Chase right now. Angel, I'm going to put it over to you. You going Jamar Chase or you going Kyle Pitts? Nope. You know what? I'm going even further down because I know Pittsburgh may be a good person to trade down for. So if I'm – Philly, I might even talk to Pittsburgh and go with, uh, was it Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State? Oh, so you're going offensive you're tackle. Going, you're going offensive tackle with Tevin Jenkins yep. from Oklahoma State. Uh, Ryan, to you, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, or is there another player that you would take at number six for the Eagles? Oh, my goodness. Um, sort of having the same trouble Fuji was. There for like 15, 20 seconds. Um, <clears throat> Just think spaghetti. <laughs> I'll tell you um. what. I know I've been saying Chase because he's a speedster. He can stretch the field. But I'm a U of F fan. And Kyle Pitts is just uh, – uh, he's a once-in-a-generation type tight end wide receiver. They listed him as tight end, but he's really not a tight – He's big enough to play tight end, but he's got the speed and the the hops to play wide receiver. And if they're going to lose Ertz, I can see them pairing Goddard and Pitts. Goddard can be the short yardage guy. Pitts can do some of the more damage down the field. 
I'm going to change my pick. I would go Kyle Pitts. Yeah, and I'm going to go Kyle Pitts as well. And here's the reasoning behind it. The Philadelphia Eagles, with their number one selection last year, took a man by the name of Jalen Rager. And we see how that worked out in Philly last year. Howie was just absolutely torched for that pick. And some of it may have been rightfully so, but some of it might not have been rightfully so. Jalen Rager had missed some time during the year. So with two votes to one to one, we're going to have the Eagles taking Kyle Pitts at six. I think that if the Eagles end up getting Kyle Pitts at six, that there will be a lot of people who are happy in Philadelphia with that pick. And to the biggest Howie Roseman hater, Mike, I will go to you. If Kyle Pitts ends up getting drafted at number six by the Eagles, are you happy with that pick? Absolutely. Yeah. Some folks may know not know this, but Kyle Pitts is a backyard Philly guy, meaning he went to Archbishop Wood High School for his last two years. So he's familiarized with the city. Be nice to finally get some homegrown talent in our backyard rather than have guys that studs like went the temple, go elsewhere. You know, guys that you know, the Eagles could have taken. I mean, let's say this. The last guy that was basically taken out of her own backyard was Brian Westbrook. There was a success that Andy Reid must have been studying him for quite a while because talk about a diamond in the rough. Arnold, your comments. If the Philadelphia Eagles take Kyle Pitts at six, <laughs> will you be happy with that pick? And I know that you're not an Eagles fan, but – do you think that the Philadelphia fan base would be happy with that pick? I think either way they would be really happy, but in my case, I would either take me or Lou Ferrigno to play on the defense <laughs> because they need defensive help as well. And I know you can have 11 picks from what I understand. And uh, But, yes, I would. you can't go wrong with either Chase or Pitts. You can't go wrong. I think the Eagles would be very pleased with either of those picks because based on what happened last year, anything is better than last year, correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, being that we're getting into some impressions, I'll go into a, an impression of my own. So I'll answer my own question, right? Will the Eagles be happy picking Kyle Pitts at six? So this is what I'm going to say about Kyle Pitts. You need to protect the quarterback. You can't let Jalen Hurts be sacked seven, eight times a game. And Kyle Pitts is going to help protect the quarterback. And he's going to catch the ball. He's going to catch the ball. And when he gets in the end zone, he's going to score. And he's going to score again. Because. Ooh. Go ahead over there. What do you got to say, Fuji, about all of this? Are you going to be happy with the pick? Oh, yeah. The macho man. This is going to tell it like it is. Kyle Pitts out of Philly. Kyle Pitts, the number one pick at pick number six. Oh, yeah. Philadelphia, get ready. Tight end Kyle Pitts out of Florida. Oh, yeah. Kyle Pitts is coming to town. We have an, we have an opportunity for one more impression in the top left corner. Angel, if the Philadelphia Eagles at number six select Kyle Pitts, is this a good pick? Does this get Howie Roseman in uh, good graces with the Philadelphia fan base? What? I don't know, my friend. Maybe they would pick up Nidom not too short. I think maybe it'd be good for the, the what you call them, the Eagles? 
they think they would be good enough to be picking. I don't know. I don't follow the football too much, but I think with the pitch, someone's vibrating. They're not your yes, vibrator. Who, who's who's <laughs> vibrating over there? Why is somebody vibrating in the middle of this show for Broad Street South? We're trying to have a show discussing football, and somebody's having a vibrating phone over there. You know, they say fly, Eagles fly. I'd rather I'd rather eat it than chase it down. Wait, let's see what the Eagles can do. Speaking of, hold on. So, no, Mickey. Now, the last time we've heard from you was obviously Rocky, the what number two, and, and we know you've been busy taking care of things up there in heaven. But I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering if we had a matchup between Arnold and Rod and and Macho Man Randy Savage over here. Who do you think one would out bench press the other, and two, who would kick the high end of the other one? I think that Arnold would ultimately win the match. It would not be an easy match because, remember, the WWF is all scripted. It's all scripted. And even though the Macho Man has the flying elbow off the top rope, Arnold Schwarzenegger is just a little bit too strong, too buff. He'll rip him to pieces. It'll last for about 17 minutes in the match. But it wouldn't be without a fight because, remember, it was the Macho Man Randy Savage who flew off the top rope way back when with the bell and he crushed Ricky Steamboat's larynx way back in the day, which led to a great fight in WrestleMania 3. But I want to switch gears because we only have a couple minutes left, and I'm going to go back to my regular voice. We only have a couple minutes left. Can we talk oh, a little yeah. bit? Of, yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Phillies? The Philadelphia Phillies in spring training tonight gave up 21 hits to the Toronto Blue Jays. And if you've listened to me on Broad Street South, I'm a big fan of Vince Velasquez, and I know he had a 5.5 ERA last year and was terrible. But can we talk a little bit about Aaron Nola's performance today? Going two and two-thirds innings and giving up, like, six runs, seven hits, or whatever it was. Do we have concern about Aaron Nola at the top of the rotation? Or is it just, at ah, spring training, he'll be fine? And Angel, I'll start with you because it's in Florida and you're living down there in Florida. Can can you give us your expertise on what you think is going on with Aaron Nola? So I think it's there is a concern. I'm not going to lie and say that there isn't. There is a concern with Aaron Nola if you follow it from even last season. Um, didn't do productively productively too well. We we know that obviously it was a COVID shortened season. Um, Aaron, I don't know for whatever reason this year doesn't seem to have. Uh, his pitch together, whether it be in the pitch count. Like there's certain methods that some of these players end up using. And you hear some of the players stating that they, in their minds, they go through a pitch count and they, they try to foresee exactly which pitch style they would like to use the most, depending on the pitch count that's in their head, regardless of whatever the actual pitch count is. So Aaron Nola to me is, is becoming a little bit of a concern. If you're going to have him at the top rotation, it, it's worrisome. Yes, it is spring training, but you're also talking about almost three weeks into spring training, and there's no uh, there's no control of his arm. He seems to be a little bit all over the place, and that is concerning as we're where we have what we're we're at the 16th. The start of the season is April 1st this year, if I remember correctly. So you're looking at some 15, maybe 16 days before you get under control. Now I know they also have split squad games that are going to be coming up. I know that he has time to throw while he's down here at uh, Baycare Park for the most part, but it, it is starting to have some sort of concern where he's just not the Aaron Nola that we know that he can be potentially. 
And then it's it's almost then if if you take him out, if, if he is going to be your starting your starting pitcher for the season, it, it's kind of scary to see who's going to be the number two man because if, if Aaron Nola doesn't do well as your top of your rotation, it, who do you have then at number two and especially number three? And you're talking about Vince Velasquez, same thing. I mean, do you, do you move him up then to two or do you keep him at the three spot? So Aaron Nola, I mean, I'm hoping he can shake it off. I mean, you got, what, four days left for the week here? Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, for the most part. So he'll be coming up in four days, three days. So we hope they can get some control and some depth into his uh, into his arm. But I, I think he's he's having a problem. It's not like he's it's not just his fastball. I mean, you're you're talking about what what he's even trying this year, something new. He he just seems off. It, it doesn't seem like whatever it is that's going on with him personally, maybe is affecting him. But he doesn't seem like the Aaron Nola that we know that he can be. Mike, I'll throw the same question to you. So on normal rest at this point, Aaron Nola, today is the 16th, so his next scheduled start would be in or around March 21st and then March 26th, which would then bring you to opening day. Is Aaron Nola right now your opening day starter, or is it going to be Zach Wheeler? I think you got to stay with Aaron Nola. I mean, he's number one pick, homegrown talent. I mean – yeah, it's better he gets it out of a city. You know, you're, some of your best aces throw in clunkers once in a while. I mean, it's better he gets it out of a system now going into the into the season. I mean, what'd you say, another two, three starts? It's probably two starts. Today's the 16th, so you figure he'll yeah, pitch on starts. the 21st, then he'll pitch on the 26th, and then – you know, they'll probably give him an extra day rest for opening day. Now, Ryan, we've had conversations before about football and basketball and hockey. I don't know if we've ever gotten into how much of a, of a baseball fan you are. Are you a baseball fan? Um, not as much as I, I once was when Major League Baseball decided to go on strike in 94. They sort of lost me. I mean, there's a good enough game on or whatnot. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still a Pirates fan. Sorry, guys. Nothing um, to be sorry about. I have a Willie Stargell jersey, number eight, sitting upstairs. You're fine. Um, I mean, I, I still follow it to a certain degree. I'm just not into it as I used to be. Fair enough. Do you, would you like to answer the Aaron Noah question? Do you feel confident enough in answering that question as a guest on our show tonight? Let me ask you the three of this. Since the 2008-2009 season, when haven't you worried about the Phillies in spring training? Good point. <laughs> you know, so yeah, right. I, mean, I, I, I get what you're yeah. saying. Being, I get what you're saying. Being a Pirates fan, because the Pirates, being the small market team like they are, they've stunk out loud for years and years and years. Haven't been to a World Series since 1979. Haven't sniffed the playoffs, you know, and I don't know how long. So, you know, concerns about Aaron. I mean, it's and put it to you this way: it is a unique year. So, when you're talking about Nola, he did have COVID, right? Yeah. So, all right. So, there's a lot of people who have COVID that still struggle months and months afterward with lingering effects and lingering symptoms. So, you know, he might not come out and say, "Hey, yeah, I'm," you know, "I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z," because maybe he just doesn't want to let on. But you know, if it persists. Who's to say that they won't shove Zach Wheeler into the your starter? I mean, your number one guy. 
you just don't know what's going to happen. I, I would say that if it's still persisting third week of April, end of April, then I would really, really be concerned. But, you know, let, let, let them work out the kinks and see what happens. But a month and a half from now, if it's still going on, then there's a problem. Thank you so much for the input. All right, it'll definitely be interesting to see. We're about to close up shop with our show tonight. I want to give everybody the opportunity to have some closing remarks, and then we will end the show. Angel, I'll start with you. Closing remarks. All right, well, first of all, I'd like to thank, of course, everyone for listening. And Also, you can download the podcast. If you guys look under your Google Podcasts uh, and search for Broad Street South, you can find us that way. We're soon to be running our BroadStreetSouth.com website, so we're looking for that, and it'll make it easier for you guys to be able to follow the show along with the podcast, the audio version of it through there. So look for that coming up hopefully uh, maybe within the next week. Hopefully maybe even by the end of this week we will see exactly. Uh, along with the fans of Philly.com, thank you for being our sponsor. We do appreciate it. And uh, Sherman, while I have you on here as well as part of it, thank you also for uh, mentioning Rough, Rough Cut Sports. I don't want to make sure I don't, I don't screw up their name. Is that right? I, I believe it's the Rough Cut Sportscast. They go on for their shows every Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Make sure to check out Vinny and AJ. They take a national perspective on all of the four major sports. Be, be sure to check them out. They support us. We support them, and they do a fantastic job. That indeed. So uh, also thanks to Kelly, who was on with us last week from the Kelly Green Show. Uh, she is also with Eagles Brawl. So if you want to follow her on her Twitter handle, it is Kelly under, no, football underscore Kelly, if I remember correctly. And the same way with Eagles Brawl, follow them as well. Um, but that's pretty much what I have to say. Of course, this Thursday, two days from now, we'll have our live show at 730. It'll be the Us 3 show which has been a while since it was us three. So that should be fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. And Ryan, thank you for coming and joining on, uh, joining with us tonight. And now when you see Arnold again, tell him that we give him our blessings and thanks Arnold for uh, coming on as well. No problem. Mike, any closing remarks that you would like to make? Just everybody for the love and support. Um, Kelly for coming on last week. It was a great show. Thanks for hell firing me up and, Actually, we do have a guest this week, Tim Kelly from Phillies Nation. There you go. Fantastic. We'll be, we'll be talking Phils. I guess we'll be getting more in the, deep into the draft, see if the Eagles, if Howie makes any minor league splashes between now and Thursday night. Um, thank you for coming on, Ryan slash Arnold. <laughs> you'll, you'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Phil fans of Philly. Hopefully, we'll get that uh, Vegas trip situated and organized ASAP. And thanks to all the fans for the love and support again. Ryan Net, Ryan Neff, our guest extraordinaire. Our guest extraordinaire. Any parting comments? Uh, gentlemen, thanks for letting me into a part of your world here. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, thanks to Angel. Don Fuji and uh, <laughs> Guru. Um, been a blast, man. Every, I know I was on that one time, but you know, check these guys out. It's fantastic. It's a great show. You know, keep listening every week. The support and everything it goes a long way with these guys, and they really, really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Not a problem. Thank you for being a great guest on the show, a knowledgeable guest on the show. Closing things up, I want to thank. Ryan, for being a fantastic guest on the show tonight. I want to thank Angel and Mike for giving me the opportunity to kind of lead this show tonight as the sports contributor and the host of the show. I hope that everybody listening to the show liked the show tonight. As a reminder, 
check out our sponsor, Fans of Philly. You can find them on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook, right? If you go into Facebook and type in Broad ST South, find us on Facebook, like <laughs> us, follow our page. Our next live show is Thursday night at 7.30, and I'm going to leave you with the ending of the rap that I did last week. We'll talk about Wentz and even Jalen Hurdy. Come check us out Thursday night at 7.30. This has nice. been Broad Street South with Behind the Podcast, Episode 2. We will see you Thursday night at 7.30. Whoa.